0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God which engages us is verses 24 and 25 of Romans chapter 8, our epistle lesson, where Paul writes, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Thus far the text your friends in Christ. In almost every sporting event there's this gap of time between the winning of the victory and the actual awarding of the trophy. The victory's already been won and there's no doubt who won, but there's that interval of time before the trophy is actually awarded. For example, today whether it's Jordan Spieth or someone else who's going to win the British Open there's going to probably be at least a half an hour between the time they sink their last putt and they're actually awarded that special cup. Or last week, Roger Federer, who won the Wimbledon championship on the men's side, waited at least 15 or 20 minutes before he was handed the Wimbledon trophy at center court. Or when a hockey team wins the Stanley Cup, They first have to line up and shake all the hands of all the other players and coaches on the other team, then they roll a carpet out onto the ice, and then finally the commissioner of the NHL gives them the Stanley Cup. Whatever the sport, it seems like there's that interval of time between the winning of the championship and the actual granting of the trophy. Well, in a way, That's a good picture for us of our Christian lives here and now at this point. The victory has already been won, and there's no doubt who the victor is, but in a sense there's still that trophy that is yet to be awarded. Paul writes in our text, we have been saved. Notice we don't do the saving, we have been saved. And here, no doubt, Paul is referencing everything that Jesus did on our behalf. his voluntarily, willingly going to the cross for us, enduring there every ounce of God's wrath at our sin in our place. He's no doubt referencing Christ's resurrection from the dead, proof positive that the Father accepted that sacrifice as payment in full for all of our sin, and the victory has been won. And unlike the British Open, unlike Wimbledon, and unlike the Stanley Cup, Christ's victory is our victory. It would be like the winner of the British Open coming up and giving us the clarion jug. Or it would be like Roger Federer coming up and giving us a Wimbledon trophy. Or it would be like the hockey team that wins the Stanley Cup coming up and giving us the Stanley Cup even though we didn't compete at all. Much worse than we didn't compete, spiritually speaking, is the fact that our original sin, that sinful condition in which we are conceived and born, made it impossible for us even to compete, even if we wanted to compete. And then our daily sins of thought, word, and deed are like lead weights that weight us down. We couldn't compete even if we wanted to, but Christ competed for us. He played in our place, so to speak. He won the victory and simply gives it to us now. And so that victory is ours over sin, death, and the grave. That's what Paul talks about in our text when he says, in this hope we were saved. In this case, hope is the opposite of despair. It's the eager anticipation of something better for us to come and for our loved ones to come. And Paul describes that something better when he says, the glory yet to be revealed. Now in one sense, all of this is ours right now as we sit or stand here It is all our possession right now. The victory has been won. It has been given to us. In fact, Paul starts Romans chapter 8 by saying, There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Or Jesus says, He who has the Son, present tense, has eternal life. It's ours right now. And that's our identity right now, as saved people of God by his grace through faith in Jesus Christ. But there is another sense in which the final trophy hasn't yet been given to us. That final trophy, the crown of life. In Revelation 2 verse 10, which was my confirmation verse, maybe it was yours as well, God promises remain faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. That's what Paul refers to in our text when he talks about the hope that we do not see yet. It's that crown of life, and we eagerly anticipate it as something much better for us and for our loved ones as well. And so we wait for that crown of life as people of hope. People who have that eager anticipation for something better yet to come. People of hope even in the midst of problems and cares and concerns in this world. Paul begins our epistle lesson by saying, I consider the sufferings of this world not worth comparing with the glory yet to be revealed. It's as if Paul has a balance scale here And he puts all the sufferings of this world on one side, and that side goes down. For Paul, that suffering would include his thorn in the flesh. We don't know what it was exactly, but some type of physical ailment that he talks about in 2 Corinthians. Three times he says he asked the Lord to remove it, and three times the Lord's answer was no, my grace is sufficient for you. Those sufferings for Paul would include being persecuted for the gospel that he was proclaiming, being beaten with rods, steel rods, and left for dead, being shipwrecked and adrift at sea. Those are just some of the things that would be on that side of the balance scale, the sufferings for Paul. And each of us would have things that would be on that side of the scale as well, wouldn't we? Some of those things, really when we think about it, of our own making, self-inflicted of our own doing. Some of those things, even in spite of our very best efforts, and many of those things are things that we can't begin to understand, the why, the how, concerning. But then Paul says, as that side is weighted down with all the sufferings of this world, he then puts on the other side of the scale the glory yet to be revealed, and it's as if the scale violently shifts this way. In other words, the two aren't even worth comparing. That glory yet to be revealed includes our soul going to be with the Lord at the point that we die. That glory yet to be revealed includes a glorious new body on the day when our Savior returns, a body that no longer struggles with all the impact and effects of sin upon it, and that glory yet to be revealed includes a new heaven and a new earth. Paul talks in our Epistle lesson about this world, this heaven, this earth, groaning, waiting for that day to come. Until that day does come, We are sort of like the winner of the British Open waiting to be given that final trophy. Sort of like Roger Federer there at midcourt waiting for that Wimbledon trophy. Sort of like the winners of the Stanley Cup waiting for that trophy to be given to us finally in the end. And Paul says, we wait for it with patience. Might say easy for Paul to say, not so easy for us but we wait for it with patience as people of hope, people who have an eager expectation for something better, even better in the future, because God has promised it to us. Until that day, when we receive that crown of glory, may God fill us, first of all, with faith, Faith which is defined in Hebrews 11 verse 1 as the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. May God fill us with love for one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, but especially also for those who do not yet know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And may God fill us with hope that eager expectation of something better for us and for our loved ones in the future, and help us to spread that hope with everyone whom we encounter. For we are a people of hope. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in this one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. Lord's offering is now received.